if I gave you a concert grand piano and I brought it to your house and you now had a giant piano in your house and you sat down, does that make you a pianist? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you could bang on the keys a little bit and get some noise, but we wouldn't call you a pianist. Well, it's amazing because I think so many leaders get promoted into these leadership roles, mm -hmm. but they haven't. It's like sitting down at the piano if you have no skill. It's a completely different skill set than mm -hmm. what you were used to. And so leadership to me is very much a process of personal development that involves your own mindset and behaviors and then applying those skills that you learn over time. So absolutely, leadership is a learnable and repeatable skill because the goal ultimately is to become consciously competent so that you know mm -hmm. what you're doing and why you're doing it as opposed to just blathering your way through stuff and maybe doing it okay sometimes and not okay sometimes is that in so many ways it's really important for us to be really aware of mm -hmm. what we're doing and how we're doing it. I had a mentor who once talked about the importance of awareness and so I'll quote him he says you can't change what you don't notice. So that's the power of self-awareness is how important wow. it is to be aware in that way. Wow, wow, wow. It's so important. Like awareness is, for me, it's a huge key when it comes to um, anything that you mentioned and also mindset. Like if you're not aware of those skills or habits or behaviors, you cannot change or you cannot, for example, also teach. Like you can grade at something, but if you are not conscious about those skills, uh, maybe personal development or other skills, and you cannot really teach. So when it comes to leadership, um, what are some of the most important principles or pillars that you talk about also in your trainings and in the book, for example? Yeah, sure. Well, for me, I've looked at really distilling down the principles of leadership into three main points of focus, which I call the three secrets of building strong leaders. And they are connection, communication, and collaboration. Mm -hmm. So for me, connection is the foundation of everything because at its core, leadership is ultimately a relationship between two people. And the quality of that relationship is based on the quality of the connection that goes on there. So connection is at the heart of everything because no matter what business or industry you're in, you're in the people business. You're working with other people. And yeah. so under, understanding that is so important. And, you know, there's a wonderful quote from Maya Angelou. It's pretty famous who says, people won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And so for us wow. as leaders, having this self-awareness of what's the emotional impact that we're creating on other people, because that is the foundation of the relationship. So that's connection. Mm -hmm. The next big pillar is communication. The fact is so many people are talking or emailing, trying. There's so much noise in the system right now. And the goal of communication isn't communication. The goal of communication is to create shared understanding where I see reality the way you see it and I feel it the way you feel it, Tibor. And the reason that shared understanding is so important is because understanding becomes the platform for all future action. And so if we have understanding, we can make the best decisions to create the best results. And if we have poor or missed understanding, we're gonna make lousy decisions and get poor results. So the goal as leaders is we have to be continually striving 
to create complete and accurate understanding. And then the third big principle is collaboration. The fact is, as leaders, we don't want to resort to what I call an old school leadership style, which is do this because I'm your boss. So just shut up, right? Because I said so. That's why, <laughs> yeah. right? That doesn't really motivate anybody. And that's I'm a parent, <laughs> right? And I'm a parent of a 16 year old and a 13 year old. And I'll tell you that really doesn't work with teenagers. And it certainly doesn't work with adults, right? Because mm. people resist that type of leadership. So to create a highly collaborative environment, and you talked about being trained as an architect. So mm. for me, I like to think of leaders as a, our motivational choice architects. Mm, that is, yeah. we, we want to we design environments where people can thrive. And there are certain human needs that need to be met for people to thrive. And when those needs are met, you suddenly have this wonderful collaborative environment. So the three principles, again, connection, communication, and collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. So exciting. Uh, this is These are the chapters or the different parts in your book. So if anyone is interested, Cracking the Leadership Code, Three Secrets to Build Strong Leaders. And these are the parts that you basically deconstruct in the book. Yes. And you mentioned, um, yeah, mo motivational choice architects. So when I was doing my research, I was like, this is something that we have to talk about. So first of all, because I was an architect and second of all, and maybe more importantly, um, motivation is a, is a huge topic. I, I really love this. So maybe it's connected to my interests in behavioral science, also connected to entrepreneurship. How can we motivate ourselves or maybe motivate others, right? So um, I want to also dive deeper into influencing others, but first of all, inspiring others as a leader and motivating others. Because for example, as I see myself with the podcast as a host, as the leader of a community, so I'm, you know, building a community around the podcast. Like I want to really motivate and inspire others to take action, you know, to not, not to settle for less, uh, to go for their dreams and, and things like that. So what is a motivational choice architect? That's that's my question. And how is a leader supposed to be one? Sure. Great question. So the idea of choice architecture actually comes from the field of behavioral economics. And for those that are interested in that field, uh, there's a classic book it's written by uh, Nobel Prize winner Daniel Kahneman who wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow. And a lot of his work gets into the fact that there are things that we can do to unconsciously influence people to make better decisions. And so a couple of quick examples around that. So for example, Tibor, if you wanted to influence somebody to eat smaller portions of food, one way to do that is to serve the food on smaller plates. Mm -hmm. We heard that. That's a thought, right? You think about it. When you have the same amount of food on a smaller plate, it looks like it takes up more room. It's the same amount of food, but it triggers a different cue in your own sensory system. So there you're thinking, oh, it's a full plate. I'm not as, you know, I'm full. It's amazing, but it works. Mm -hmm. Another example, and different countries have done this around the world, is when you go and register for your driver's license, they will ask you if you want to be an organ donor, right? In case of an accident, would you donate your organs after yeah. you died? Well, in some places, the default setting is you're automatically, a def you are an automatic organ donor if you sign up and you have to actually opt out of the system. Mm. In other countries, when you sign up, you have to opt in to the system. 
So obviously you can imagine the places where you're already enrolled, the enrollment is much higher because it yeah. takes that extra step or it's extra friction in the system. And I think so much of what we want to do as motivational choice architects, as leaders, is how can we remove the friction, the things that get in the way of people's ability to engage? I really do believe that at our core, all of us would like to operate at our best. We would like to contribute as well as we can, but there are things that get in the way. Um, there was a very famous management theorist named Edwards Deming. And he has this wonderful quote. He says, you put a good person in a bad system and the bad system will win every time. Wow. And so if we think about it as motivational choice architects, leaders to do that, we want to create these systems where people can operate at their best. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.